You're listening to the Uplifting Content Podcast with Ioni Butler. Join me every Tuesday to hear conversations with remarkable guests on a wide range of topics. The goal with this podcast is to introduce you to new ideas and techniques that will inspire and uplift you. Today, let's talk about getting shit done with Erin Falconer. It's funny because the title, How to Get Shit Done, suggests you should be getting all this stuff done. But really, (laughs) it's the opposite of that. It's about only getting the stuff that matters done. Yeah. So that then you can free up time to live your life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's the only, that's that's a life worth living. It's not about at the end of the day, can I get 15 things checked off and then 20 things checked off and then 25 things. I mean, it's exhausting just talking about that model of living. Hi friends, welcome to this week's episode. This is another one from our archives. And if you're wondering why I've been sharing so many archived episodes, it's because I decided to pause doing new interviews while I focus on my book, which is due to come out on April 28th, 2020. I needed to create time and space to focus on that. And so by resharing some fantastic episodes from the archives, rather than scheduling and doing more interviews, it's freed me up with some time and the headspace to focus on the book. I mention this because this week's episode is all about that. My guest Erin is the editor-in-chief and co-owner of Pick the Brain, one of the most popular and trusted self-improvement communities on the web. Erin is also the co-founder of Leaf TV, a video lifestyle brand for millennials. She has had a varied career that includes screenwriter, stand-up comedian, political consultant, and is now heavily invested in the online blogging world. In this episode, we spoke about Erin's journey from being a struggling writer to where she is today, how to be singular in your focus and be specific about what you want, understanding who you are, what you are, and where you want to go to truly be productive, how her book Get Shit Done came about, breaking the cycle of working for working's sake, how she finds a work-life balance, how to fill your time doing the things you want and that light you up, and so much more. If you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, have a lot on your plate, then this episode is a great one, packed with tons of advice to make things more manageable. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, my love. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I've been looking forward to this. So um, Erin, would you just like to introduce yourself to everybody and um, tell us a bit about what you do, please, or your story? Yeah. Hi, guys. So um, what's my story? Well, it's a long one. I'm going to try and keep it short. Basically, (laughs) basically in a nutshell, I moved down to Los Angeles from Canada uh, about 15 years ago, and I came with a big dream uh, to be a writer. And um, as many Hollywood dreams go, that <laughs> didn't work out quite as I thought it was going to. And uh, long story short, I found myself a couple years after I'd moved here, completely down and out. Uh, no car, no money, house was being foreclosed upon, my visa to live in the country was up. And as I found myself crying uh, on the bathroom floor in the fetal position, <laughs> um, I... I, it was one of those make or break moments where I was like, I'm either going to have to go back to Canada with my tail between my legs with a big, like you failed sign on my forehead, or I'm going to try and dig deep and, 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 and come up with a solution. But literally the clock was ticking because my house was about to be foreclosed on. So I said, I really want to stay in LA. I don't know why it's been a complete failure, but I, I feel internally like I want to stay. So I, sent out like a hundred applications on Craigslist for like any job. I got one response and that was to be a copywriter for $15 an hour for this self-improvement website, which this was around 2007. 
the internet was just kind of really hitting its stride. Blogs were like really kind of exploding. And so was the self-improvement space online. Well, I had no interest in any of this. I just needed the job. And, um, but what happened was I got in and I found myself in this really exciting space with these really exciting people. And I was like, okay, I'm only making $15 an hour, but I'm going to really do everything. I'm going to kill it at this job. Mm. It's all I've got. And, um, so that's what I did. And I was able to turn that little $15 an hour job, um, into running, pick the brain, um, which is one of the OGest, um, most self-respected self-improvement blogs on the web. Um, I have 400 writers writing for me. Um, I co-founded another company called Leaf TV, which is like a video millennial generation kind of wellness fashion hub. Um, and then uh, out of the blue, a lit agent out of New York hit me up and said, hey, Aaron, we'd love you to write a book. And I was like, Ah! there and that's that book and after all the time that i'd moved down to los angeles this is now 15 years later i finally got the opportunity to get paid to write and um anyways and, and so this book was born uh but it took a long 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 time yeah. <laughs> it's a long time coming it does yeah it's not it's not about being an overnight it's not about an overnight success and that's the problem we kind of see people blow up and then we're like oh where did they come from and it's like right. years and years and years of work um i really like what you said about kind of in that make or break situation when it comes down to things um having just to dig deep and make that decision and 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 what you know kind of do what led you onto your next step yeah. i'm in a similar similar position where um, and you know this too, because you've yeah. got a Facebook page. You know, I've put all my eggs and effort and time and attention into a Facebook page, and they've recently started to change it. And I, you know, I was super upset, super angry. You know, I've bitched about it a few times on these calls. And then in, on, in reality, I was very complacent. You know, I was just kind of ticking along, being very complacent. And now it's done this. It's kind of forcing me. I'm in that make or break thing now where I'm like, this isn't going to work the way that it's that I've been doing it. So something has to change and I have to pull myself out and do something extraordinary to move forward. So in actuality, I'm now really grateful for that, which sounds like yeah. your predicament too had, had right. been onto all of these things. Right. And, and it's in, it's in those times. And I think it's important to, rem to, to remember and to remind everybody that's listening, because I get so many emails um, through the blog. They're like, they've hit a, people have hit a wall. It's dark and da, da, da. it's in those times where the great answers and the great solutions can be found. If you just approach it the right way, which I know sounds very easy. It's not, mm -hmm. it's terribly difficult, but if you've got the gumption to want to claw your way out, this is where you can really find those great things. Like I'm telling you literally, I, I know it sounds like a, a cliche, Hollywood rom-com with me crying on the bathroom floor, but literally that was what was happening. And I was like, how did I get here? This is so not what I thought was going to happen in life. Um, what and if was I hadn't taken the time to think things through and say, really dig my heels in and say, I've just got to trust this voice within myself. I'm willing to do the work. Right. Mm. Um, I got to listen to myself uh, because if I hadn't, I'd be back in Canada, probably trying to do some community college law school degree, um, mm. which. Because your parents wanted you to be a, a lawyer, right? Or Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I thought I wanted to be a lawyer too for mm. a long time, you know, because I was a super kind of type A student kind of 
killing it all the way through school and university. And I was just like, well, I'm going to be a lawyer because that's what I should do. And, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I stopped and and said, wait a second, why should I be doing that again? You know, I I don't know. I don't know where this idea of should, what is should like according to what? Because, you know, I was doing things like doing stand-up on the weekends, stand-up comedy on the weekends, and I was writing, like, little short films, and I was like, wait, what, I'm doing this, these are two, yeah. you know what I mean? I started to listen, well, why am I just doing this stuff naturally, and oh, wait, this is what I want to be doing, yeah. as opposed to what I should be doing, Yeah. and um, believe me, when I was on the bathroom floor, I was like, nope, I should have been a lawyer, I should have been a lawyer, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely should not have whatever. But when I really sat back and thought, I said, no, 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 you got to listen to yourself. That wasn't an accident. What is the thing? And it might be difficult for you to kind of vocalize this because I can't always pinpoint it or, or give people the answer. But when you're on the floor or when you're in those moments of like, I just don't care anymore. Like, mm. what is it? Is there something that you can kind of communicate that would be, this is what changes or this is what I do, or this is how you could do it. Is that, does that exist? Is it just get up? <laughs> right. Well, for me, for me, I mean, I, I, and I don't know if this will answer every, you know, be apply for everybody, but I had come to Los Angeles for kind of a dream mm-hmm. and, and that was a problem in itself because the dream was so vague that it was very hard to put any sort of goals or, you know, doable, achievable steps towards. It was just like, I want to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Just, okay. Well, that's way too vague. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But so anyways, so I came, so I, but there was something in me telling me that this was the right way to go, right? When I was on the bathroom floor, what I said to myself was, how bad do you want this? How bad do you want this? And I was scared to ask myself that question because if the answer was not that was, well, not that bad or not bad enough, then I would have wasted all that time getting mm-hmm. up to this point. And that's a very scary thing. Um, but I was, when I was willing to have the answer be not bad enough is when I, you know, when I was willing to be honest with myself, it meant I was willing to do whatever it was take to get out of it, whether it be double down on this or move on. Mm. Um, so I don't, so if you find yourself in that dark place, I mean, I know you and I talked about on the podcast that you've had some run-ins with depression and stuff. That's maybe kind of a different um, when you're on the floor thing, this, I'm, you know, because it's very easy. How bad do you want to not be depressed? Well, nobody wants to be depressed. Mm, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? So mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. I, I, I don't, I know that's not what you were asking me, but I just want to, I do want to make mm. the difference um, because they, because they're different circumstances. But when you are following something, when you're listening to your voice and you're really listening to your voice and you've kind of blindly followed that voice, when you hit the wall, you've got to take stock. Like, have I been willing to do the work? Have I done the work and how badly do I want this? And how badly do I want this now? Because I wanted it badly 10 years ago. Have I checked in with myself over Mm -hmm. the past 10 years? Maybe this isn't even what I want. Right. Yeah. Um, And actually it's true because when I moved to LA, I was also, I wanted to be a writer, but I also wanted to be an actress. Mm -hmm. And I discovered very quickly being in Los Angeles, though I'd had some, um, some success in Toronto uh, acting that being an actress was not what I wanted to do at all. I didn't like the process. I didn't like who I was associating with. And so I quickly got rid of that. I was like, well, I don't want this badly now. 
<laughs> this part I don't. And that's okay. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to let it Rather go. than spend it. years pumping, pumping yourself and doing something that you're not really wanting to do. That yeah. you really wanted to do. So yeah. I think it's just in those dark moments, really getting to the core of what you want and, yeah. and trying to separate everything out from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And be singular in your focus and be willing to accept that what you thought you wanted isn't what you want now. Yeah. That's a hard truth to swallow. Be singular in your focus. Do you mean be very specific? Can you clarify that a bit? Yeah. Be very, very specific, as specific as you can and be in any, it's like I talk a lot about it in the book because I have this idea of like when you, to, to, to really achieve true productivity, you have to understand what you want, who you are and where you want to go, not where other people think you should go, not where you think you should go, but where you want to go. And when you choose, you so see, you choose two or three goals across the general categories of life, right? Your work mm -hmm. life, your home life and your relationships. Um, so when, when I mean be singular, I mean, working towards whatever those goals are that you picked across those things, work towards those things and anything that doesn't serve those things, you got to get rid of and start weaning off. Right. Mm. And so, I mean, be singular about it. And the more specific you are, the more singular you can be about it. It's when the vaguer you are, the more things other right. general things can creep. Well, that kind of relates to that. And this kind of relates to that. No, if the more specific you are, you know, if something's relating to it or not, there's no, you know what I mean? The more general yeah. you are, the more other stuff can be attributed as you start getting distracted. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that makes, that makes sense. Lot. Yeah. So let's talk about the book, how to get shit done. Um, why, why was this the book that you decided to go with? Right. And how did it come about? Right. So, um, once I kind of found my stride professionally, as I sort of mentioned before, I kind of got the blog going and got the other internet company going and things were going great, great, great. And I was just going, 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 going. And all of a sudden I got this call out of New York um, from a big lit agent that said, Erin, uh, we'd love you to write a book. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> what should it be on? And they were like, well, about, it'll be a book about you. And I was like, what? <laughs> Who would read that book? <laughs> and, and, and she was like, but well, you've done this and you've done this and you've done this and you've done this. And you've done this. I got off the phone and I started to think about it. And I was like, oh my God, I really, I have done this and I have done that. And, and, and wow, that's pretty cool. I hadn't. And in that moment I started to realize, wow, I've done all this stuff, but I'm just going, 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 going onto the next collecting trophies. I'm not taking any time to appreciate it, enjoy it, learn from it. Um, I'm just going automatic pilot. And that's a real problem. Right. Um, and when I went into the office the next day, my office, I started to look around at the great, uh, courageous, intelligent women that I'm working with. And I'm, I was like, okay, it looks like everybody here seems to be suffering from the same, uh, this, this checklist, you know, go, go, go illness right mm. and it's a problem because especially for women i talk about this in the book i feel like the internet is the great equalizer for women as it pertains to not just not just in the workplace um but also in the house um 
And yet I feel like we've got this great opportunity and because, because of the way we've been programmed to just go, go, do more, do more, get more done, da, 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 we're missing this opportunity. We're just getting more stuff done to free up time to get more stuff done. Right. And, and it that becomes doesn't make an, a vicious cycle. There's no time that's, to stop. There's yeah. no time to stop. And that's yeah. not the point. Yeah. And so the idea of the book really is like, it's funny because the title, How to Get Shit Done, suggests you should be getting all this stuff done. But really, <laughs> yeah. it's the opposite of that. It's about only getting the stuff that matters done yeah. so that then you can free up time to live your life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that's the only, that's, that's a life worth living. It's not about at the end of the day, can I get 15 things checked off and then 20 things checked off and then 25 things. I mean, it, it's exhausting just talking about that model of living. You mm. know what I mean? Yet alone actually living it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's funny that we've taken productivity to mean that, as in you just have to do so many things and keep doing things all the time. And, and I've been doing that and stopping and reflecting and going, why do I have to work mm -hmm. a certain amount of hours per day? Why can't right. I go and enjoy my day and enjoy my life? Now I can, you know, I, right. I don't even, I'm not employed by anybody who tells me I have to go and be somewhere. And yet right. I'm mentally locking myself, fixing myself in front of my computer when I don't need to be. And most yeah. of the time I then I'm just kind of, faffing around, not really doing anything, which makes no sense. Right. So, um, it's almost uh, worse when you're your own boss, especially, especially as a woman, because it's like, you never let yourself off the hook. At least mm. if you have a boss, it's like, there's a generally speaking, a clear set of things you need to get done. And then if you get those done, maybe you can, you know, move on to something else. But, mm. but I mean, I, myself too, before I was going into an office, I just had the blog and it was like, Anytime I wasn't doing something on the computer, I was like, Ooh, I really should be doing that. I really should be, Oh, I could be doing that. I should be doing that. Right. And it's like, it's like this jail in your head. It's like, so great. I don't have a boss, but like, <laughs> then you're working all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. And it's exhausting and, exhausting. and not fun. Like it was getting no. to the point where it would be all through the day, all into the night. And yeah. yeah and it's like, just calm down. Um, so how, I want to know, Erin, how, how are you finding the balance now? How, how is that, how is that working for you with the business and family and stuff? Well, it's good. You know, I've, I've, I've worked a long time on kind of the thing about this, doing this is like, you got, there's a lot of hard work up front. Um, in the book, I talk about doing a seven day time challenge to really understanding where you're spending every hour of the day, because at the end of that seven days, I guarantee you, you will be shocked at how much time you're giving away. Mm. Um, so there's things like the seven day time challenge. There's the idea of really analyzing who you're spending your time with, who of your work peers and your friends give you energy, who deplete your energy. And then you have to start making decisions and choices about who you're going to, in a calculated way, who you're going to spend your time with. Is it going to be the people that when you see the girl, the friend's name on your phone and you go, oh, but mm. you take the call anyways? Or are you going to spend your time with a person with, when after you talk to them for half an hour, you're like, oh my God, I've got so many ideas. I feel so alive. I feel like I can do anything. You know, those people, both categories exist for you, but you need to now analyze it and start making choices. The idea of, like the idea for me, you know, two years ago saying no to somebody when they asked me something either for work or, or personally was unheard of. Mm. I was the person saying yes to everything because that's, I could do it. So I should do it. And I wanted to be the best friend and I could do it. So I should do it. And at the end of each week, I was like knocked out, mm. totally energy depleted, 
This is not surprising though, when you actually look at your behavior and how you're spending your time and who you're spending your time with. Now, I, I say no, like, mm. without, almost without thinking about it because nine times out of 10, I shouldn't be doing these things. Right, right. I got to put myself first. And so, yeah, it's a work in progress, but once you do the work, and I, of course, there are always, you know, things come up all the time where I'm like, ugh. But I've, I, because I have that muscle memory built in, <clears throat> it's becoming easier and easier and easier to do what needs to be done for me. Right. To put myself first. Um, and uh, again, it's, it, it's, it's a little, it's a, you know, it's, there's an upfront work, but once you do that, you just, it starts to become your way of life as opposed mm -hmm. to something you have to do and work on. Right. Which I think is the ultimate goal. Now, with that said, what about, because you're saying, because I get it. I feel like you have to, um, you have to be mindful of your energy and, and what mm -hmm. you're doing. What, what would you say to somebody who's like, yeah, you know, but I've got a family or, you know, I've got people that I need to take care of. It can't all be about me. Like, what would you say to that? Well, there's this idea, right? And I, th I think maybe you and, even, uh, you and I might have even talked about it when we were we're doing my podcast. I can't remember uh, but this idea of, you know, when you're on a plane and they say, you know, with the oxygen mask drop, mm. you have to put on yourself first before you put it on anybody else. Yeah. And this metaphor is something that applies whether it's family or not. Right. Of course, if pe people are in need that are around you, that you love, that you can help, then help them, but not mm. at the cost of yourself. Mm. If, you're, if you're completely energy depleted or you're struggling and you're struggling to find where you need to go and you keep stepping out of that to help other people in need, um, you can't, you're not helping you and you're not really helping them. Yeah. Right. Because you're yeah. not coming from a position of wholeness. You're coming yeah. from a position of compromise and then imparting your wisdom or help on somebody that needs it when you haven't even figured it out yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like also you train the people around you. Mm -hmm. And how to, to treat you. Yeah. On how to treat you. So mm -hmm. if, if I have a newborn baby right now, right? Which is about five months. And mm -hmm. I'm in the very difficult process. So the first four months, you, you let them do whatever you want, whatever they want. They cry, mm -hmm. you go running. But after that four months, when they start crying, you don't go running. You wait it out. You da 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 right? I'm training him. Mm -hmm. I'm not always going to run to you when you start crying, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're going to see if you're really upset or not, right? So training him, babe. you got to do the same thing with the people around you. A lot of times, it's just their default reaction to pick up the phone and call you because you always answer, right, because you right. always give them the two hours. Right. Their problem might not even be really major, right? right? It's just like, well, well, I'll call Ione. Well, I'll yeah. call her. She'll pick up. She'll give me the hour. She'll listen to me piss and moan. She'll right. listen to me da, da, da. So you're not doing them any favors, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So just like the baby who you need to teach to self-soothe, mm -hmm. right? And that's what they, they do. And so they understand, I got to figure this out for myself for the most part, unless I have a wet diaper or something. And then that's mm -hmm. you. You got to come change it, right? Mm -hmm. it's this, but it's the same thing. Mm, I mean, yeah. it's different, but it's no, no, I get the it. The message is the same, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's true. I'm yeah, the, and I think I'm it, the metaphor queen, right? We've got the book, book on the, we're on the plane with the ostrich, the baby, and the basket. But I mean, you get what I'm saying. I do, I do. Identify the big stuff and be singular in your focus on that. Everything else is just treading water. Yeah. Yep.
towards it. So um, I think interestingly, a thing that a friend of mine once said to me earlier was about working smart, not hard. Mm. Um, and I think with a lot of people, we're trained to trade our time for money, meaning that we think that in order to work, in order to make money, we have to give away time. Mm. Um, and a book that I read that was phenomenal was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert mm. Kiyosaki. And it was the first time I actually looked at making money work for me. So you're saying that, you know, you need to be working to have money to be able to enjoy time. Well, there's also ways that you can have money work for you through investments and things, which takes money. Yes, but it's not, but it's kind of looking at the ways in which you can earn a living without having to be there doing a thing all the time. And I guess, and, and that's things like books and things like that, things that are making you money while you're not having to go and sit in an office or do a thing. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad earlier was really great for me for that. Um, do you have any and thoughts, just, Aaron? And just to add to that, um, I know this is a pretty idealized situation, but in a perfect world, the work you were doing, you would also enjoy. Right? Exactly. So yeah. there yeah. isn't that big, like, it's Friday, it's the weekend, and then it's like, I got a case of the Mondays, it's da-da-da-da, you know what I mean? Right. You want to try and do everything in your power to get out of the a situation I mean, and we can't all have the luxury of, you know, we've got to pay the bills and stuff. But <clears throat> the goal, right, is to find something you do that you actually feel really excited about doing. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's work, but it's not a taxing work that depletes your energy. It's, an, it's a work that, uh, yeah, of course, you feel tired at the end of the week, but you, your energy and your enthusiasm is completely intact. And so I think that's like that's a great the point. ultimate goal, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what they say. You know, you, if you're doing something you love, you never work a day in your life. And, right. and I feel that way with acting stuff sometimes. Right. You know, I'll be on set at six in the morning or whatever, and we're just running around being silly, dressing up and having a laugh. And I'm like, this isn't even work, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, it's finding those things that you enjoy that much that it doesn't feel like work. Great point. Number one, you have to, first of all, so I talk about in the book, there's kind of three large buckets, your career life, your personal life, and then your relationships, right? And you have to find a balance between all three of those things. Um, what in, it sounds like, perhaps in your case, is that you're going through the work and it's, it's, it, and it's boring, right? But you've got nothing to counterbalance it, maybe, on the flip side. So it's about finding the, the, the things that, even if your job is something that, that isn't like thrilling you, you're not in a position where you can leave that job yet, right? It's about filling the rest of your time with stuff that really, really excites you and um, fills you with enthusiasm. So what do you really love to do? And I talk about this in the book and I talk about this all the time on the blog. It's about finding out who you are and what really, really turns your crank, what really gets you excited um, about life. And then in a conscientious way, just as you're scheduling your day to get your work done, find in a calculated way time to do the stuff that, that, that you love. And mm -hmm. it's really important because sometimes that even feels like work finding the time to do it. But once you do it and you're spending time uh, doing stuff that really gets you excited and fired up, it, at least you have that balance right? Mm -hmm. Between the, the, the boring day job and something that, as opposed to just doing the boring day job, getting home, being like, I'm tired and I'm going to Netflix and chill for three hours, right? Mm -hmm. Now you can relax as long as you're doing it in a concentrated way and you're, you're enjoying it and you're making the point of I'm sitting here and relaxing, but you shouldn't be doing that all the time because then it's just like work, 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 boring, zone out, work, mm -hmm. work, work, boring, zone out. It's you got to, you owe it to yourself to use that time to do stuff that fires you up.
Because you'll be really amazed to see what that does for your overall energy, even in the day. So like that boring job is less boring when you have a positive energy coming from the night before, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you can get, and, and it also opens up your creativity. So that boring job if you can start putting a creative lens on it and finding right. ways to find, to have fun with it or do something that isn't boring, all of a sudden you'll see that job, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where it starts to become less and less boring mm-hmm. when your attitude shifts towards it. But it's hard to have an attitude shift when you're just kind of going from day to day without yeah. thinking about it and without filling your, your time and your energy trough up. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that too. Um, I think with routines, it's, it's very helpful to have a routine and a schedule to be focused, to get stuff done. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say pr- pretty much what you said, Erin, with, with having the creative lens on it is it, boredom come is, is a state of mind. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's what, what are you doing with those tasks and with that routine and the things that you have to be doing? There's ways that you can challenge yourself and make it interesting and fun and give you. So every day there's something new that you can explore and learn or grow from or do something with, but that just kind of takes a choice and an attitude shift. Yeah. So how can you turn those things into something that is fulfilling and is fun? And if it's being in an office job, it's how can you, can you be connecting with more people or can you learning, be learning more things on your job or can you be challenging yourself to do a certain amount more projects in an hour? Like little things like that to kind of stimulate you that you can grow from that make it more interesting. Um, one of my other favorite books is uh, The Four Agreements by Don uh, Miguel Ruz. And the fourth one is always do your best. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, how can you take this situation that is seemingly routine or boring and how can you make that, like you said, Aaron, you, with that creative lens and, and make it an incredible experience, which you have your power to do. And, it's, and then it becomes a fun challenge. Yeah. And you know what? Um, so when I started that $15 an hour copywriting job that I was talking about at the beginning of the show, mm. right? So that was a pretty crappy job. It was actually really crappy. Um, but when I stopped and I looked around at what the company itself was doing, I said, well, I don't really like this job. This is pretty, ugh. I can't believe that this is the writing job I'm doing in LA. Um, But I said, you know, there are a couple jobs here that seem really interesting to me. Now they're way higher up than me, right? But if I could get to that, that's something I think that that would be really, really, really interesting. And so I used that for this crappy little $15 an hour job. And though that job was crappy. I said, Hey, this is, I'm, but there's something cool in this company and that's where I want to go. And so I used all my energy. I did a great job on the copywriting. And then I started to do little, make little steps to position myself to get higher Mm. and higher to the place that I wanted to go. So maybe within your company, and I'm not sure what job you're doing, your job is boring and, and not great, but is there something within those walls Is there a position or some positions that are like, oh, actually, that seems pretty incredible? Because if you start positioning yourself to go there, and and, and it comes with very small pivots, right? Like it's Mm. attitude adjustment, adjustment. It's about finding creativity in the work that you're doing. You can get somewhere really great if you open your eyes. There could be a great opportunity sitting right in front of you. You just got to focus on it. Right, right, right. Yeah, agreed. 
Wow, that's us. Thank you everyone for jumping on the call. Olio, I'll leave the comment um, for the book that I was talking about and we'll also put a link to Erin's book in the comments above. Um, guys, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Um, but Erin, thank you so, so very much. Um, thank I'll, have you. A, I'll have a link to the book and pick the brain stuff we share on the page all the time so you can check out Erin's page. Um, but yeah, any, any final last words from you, Erin? No, I just want to, I want to, Thank you for introducing me in such a personal way to your audience. And thank you also for being on my podcast. My audience loved, loved, loved you. Not surprisingly. So thank Yay, you. Thank you. Oh yes. I need, I'll share that. I'll put that in the post description too. So everything is there for everyone. Guys, thank you. Um, take care everyone. Thank you for listening to the Uplifting Content Podcast with me, Ioni Butler. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review so that more people can find it. And to make sure you never miss a beat, subscribe to our weekly dose of uplifting content, which is an email from me about the best of uplifting content from that week, be it giveaways, videos, interviews, all the good stuff. And as a bonus, when you subscribe, you'll get a hundred of our inspirational memes to share on your social media. The sign-up link is in the show notes. See you next time.